Welcome to the Fan Experience, a Phoenix Rising supporters podcast. Stick around for interviews, analysis, fan stories, and our love affair with Phoenix Rising. And now to kick things off is your host, Niall McCarthy. Phoenix Rising family, I'm down with COVID, so you'll have to carry me just a little bit this week. Despite Omicron, we've got a great show for you today with guests Kelly McCarthy and John Morrissey from the USL Show and at USL Tactics on Twitter. Kelly is with us to introduce a special segment for the off-season called Where Are They Now? In that segment, she looks at a few former Phoenix Rising players talks about where they are now and reflects on whether their time with Phoenix Rising benefited their careers. A fun segment with a serious side. Before we talk about former players, we have a few new players to welcome to the club. The most recent being goalie Ben Lunt, who returns after being on loan from FC Cincinnati. Ben was with us from May to August of the 2021 season. He had nine appearances, four shutouts. Ben was the 2020 USL Championship Goalkeeper of the Year with Louisville City FC. Ben adds his name to 15 other players who are returning to the club. So far we have six new players, two defenders, Channing Chaston, a local lad who's making his professional debut, and Babukar Njai from RGV. Midfielder Carlos Aguiano, who spent four years playing in the Pacific Northwest in USL Championship, mostly for Timbers 2, then Tacoma Defiance. Our biggest haul is in the forward line, where we welcome three players. Winger Marcus Epps from San Antonio FC. He had a really good 2021 season with them. Two strikers, Richmond Antwi. 21 years old from Africa, this will be his first time playing in the US, the expectations for him to be back up to Greg Hurst who comes to us from Union Omaha in League One. He helped Union Omaha win the league in 2021 with 30 appearances, 14 goals, 2 assists. I'm hoping to have a feature segment on him for next week's show. We heard about former Phoenix Rising players during the week. David Loera, he's signed with San Antonio FC. Damian Lowe is moving from Egypt to Florida to play for Inter Miami CF. And Amadou Dia, he transferred to Kentucky to play for two-time USL Cup winners Louisville City FC. We look forward to seeing Amadou Dia with his new team when they visit us in Phoenix for a preseason game. The schedule so far for the preseason looks like we'll be taking on Houston Dynamo on February 8th, Sporting Kansas City on February 12th, Louisville City on February 19th, Valley United FC on February 23rd, and then a double header. We take on Grand Canyon University and FC Tucson on March 5th. All games are at Wild Horse Pass except for the Houston Dynamo game, which will be held in Tucson. All games are close to the public except for the Louisville game on February 19th, and I sure am looking forward to seeing you there. That game on February 23rd is against Valley United FC. They're the third pro soccer team in Arizona, joining Phoenix Rising and FC Tucson. Valley United, whose home stadium is GCU Stadium, played in, play in NISA, which is a league that competes in the third tier in the US soccer pyramid. Interestingly, it's the first Latino-owned club in NISA. 
Because they're playing at a different league, we won't see them during the regular season. However, both Phoenix Rising and Valley United FC are likely to compete in this year's US Open Cup. So who knows, we might meet them there. Those are the Phoenix Rising updates from the week. By the way, if you know any Phoenix Rising fans who have businesses and would like to run a free ad on this show, please let them know that we're there for them. A friend of Rising is a friend of ours. We're all in this together, supporting each other, looking out for each other. Let's jump over to Kelly with that new Where Are They Now segment and stick around because after that we welcome back John Morrissey who gives us league highlights and by that I mean specific off-season developments that Phoenix Rising fans should be aware of. Enjoy. What's up football-loving maniacs? This is Devin Kerr and you're listening to The Fan Experience. Kelly McCarthy, welcome to The Fan Experience. You've been telling me for a while that you've wanted to do a special segment called where are they now? Tell us about your ideas for the segment and let's get into it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I thought it would be interesting to revisit some of the fan favorite former players or even, you know, players that we found really impactful from the past and kind of see where they are now. As part of this research, I decided to incorporate, you know, sort of interesting notes about them, interesting notes about the club, you know, clubs they came from, clubs they went to as well as kind of frame this in terms of did Phoenix Rising benefit them? So, you know, a lot of times when we talk about players playing for Phoenix Rising, we talk about what a benefit this is to their career, how we help players get noticed and kind of move through. I feel like Rick Shantz talked about this idea of, you know, developing players and moving them on to the next best thing. And so I kind of wanted to look at that and just, you know, look at that trajectory, where they came from and where they went and sort of make some conclusions about whether or not their time at Phoenix Rising benefited them. Now, it's pretty arbitrary, you know, it's one, one person's opinion based on some limited research, but I thought it was a cool way to kind of frame this conversation and the purpose of having it. That's so awesome. So how many players are we going to be talking about today? I think we're just looking at four. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. <laughs> so I'll kick us off with former striker Chris Cortez. So Chris Cortez is from Mission Viejo, California. He's 33 years old and he's six foot four. I won't be mentioning everyone's height, but I was actually pretty surprised when I came across that information. I didn't remember him being particularly tall. He started playing for Phoenix Rising in 2016 when the club was still Arizona United. So he began his professional career with Chivas USA, which was at the time an MLS side. This was in 2011. He only lasted the season and he ended up landing with another club, this time a USL club called the Orange County Blues. Niall, have you heard of the Orange County Blues? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um I, I'm feeling a lot of rage coming on because they're now, of course, Orange County Soccer Club. <laughs> Those are the ones. And yes, yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And I definitely went down a pretty deep rabbit hole learning about Orange County and their club history, which was pretty interesting, but I won't share all of that with you today. So he... He plays with the Orange County Blues for a while, and then he signs, as I mentioned, in 2016 with Phoenix Rising for two seasons. So he re-signed in 2018, which was, of course, after the 2017 rebranding. So he was around 28 years old when he joined the club, which is kind of older, you know, it's not old by any means, but it's getting older in terms of professional careers. 
He had a great season in 2018. He had what was then a club record of 19 goals in his 33 appearances. This was not just a club record. It was also a career high for him for the season. And Niall, I mentioned the season I'm talking about is 2018. Do you happen to remember how the season ended for Phoenix Rising? It ended with him on my shoulders after we won the uh, Western Conference. That's right. So he really helps lead the team to winning the Western Conference championship title. So unfortunately, he does leave after that season. He leaves in advance of the 2019 season and he goes to play in Thailand. And I remember this, the 28 season, 2018 season was when we really became Phoenix Rising fans. And I remember, you know, that he really personifies to me or signifies to me that feeling that we all know when one of your favorite players leaves, you know, we just weren't prepared for that. And so he goes to play in Thailand and then he kind of his, his record from there is a little unclear. It looks like he goes to a Danish second division club after that. He possibly plays in the Czech Republic for a while. And then he actually returns to the USL Championship League at the end of the 2021 season. So that's this past season. Um, that was in September, and he joins Miami FC, and his contract is only for the remainder of the 2021 season. So at that point in September, when he joins Miami FC, they have 10 more games. He plays in five of them. He scores in one of them. So not necessarily... Uh, shocking numbers or exciting numbers per se. And he actually is without a club as of December, 2021. So something that's kind of interesting about that, I noticed when I was doing a little bit of research that in Miami FC, one of the players, one of the top players on their roster is Billy Forbes. And I mentioned that because he and Chris Cortez would have played together, uh, for Phoenix Rising in 2018. So they were kind of reunited in this 2021 Miami FC season. So, wow. you know, I guess when you're, you know, sort of drawing a conclusion as to whether or not Phoenix Rising helped him, I'm going to say definitely. I mean, as I mentioned, he was already 28 when he joined us and then he turns around and in a couple of years has his absolutely best and most productive season. As a result of that, he gets recruited to play elsewhere. You know, he has a, a partially European career after that. Um, so, you know, I think that recruitment to playing abroad, especially at that age, is a great sign that Phoenix Rising kind of helped lift him up and get him noticed. That's so awesome. Kelly, I didn't know that he was with Shiva's. I did know that he was six foot four because I was on the pitch and literally did have him on my shoulders <laughs> after that game. I know about the move to Thailand and, and what happened um, was, and I know this from the Across the Pitch, that's Phil Kennedy's podcast. He's had Chris Cortez on at least twice, really, really good interviews. Chris went to, to Thailand to play in their top division okay. and was going over to play in a really good team. And he, he was uh, sent on loan to their second division team. And who knows, maybe another player was signed that they were more confident sure. with or another player came back to the club. I have no idea why that happened, but I was definitely feeling bad for Chris at that time. So he did have at least a season in Thailand and, and then went off to Europe and played in Northern Europe, made his way down after playing up there, made his way down, as you said, to 
uh, you, you mentioned the Czech Republic and, and, and yeah, I, I think that's where he was when COVID hit. And he actually was on a podcast with uh, Phil Kennedy, the Across the Pitch podcast at that time saying, here I am, COVID's broken out, not sure what my next moves are. Incredible. Wow. So anyway, yeah, he did end up with the Miami FC and we didn't meet him on the pitch. And um, that would have been fun. But yeah. you know, I remember Billy Forbes as well. Yeah. And I've got great memories of Billy Forbes playing for mm-hmm. us but not so good memories of the times that we played against him. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. True indeed. um, Let's move on to your second player. Well, if you want to hear about my next player, you're going to have to tune in next week. Thanks for having me. This is Rick Shantz, the head coach of Phoenix Rising, and you're listening to The Fan Experience. In this segment, we welcome John Morrissey back to the show. John is part of the crew on the USL show, and he can be reached at USL Tactics on Twitter. John, you've been very busy this offseason focusing on player movements around the league, and I thought that it might be a good time for you to tell us about some of those developments and how teams are preparing. Yeah, thanks for the invite back, and I'll um, be happy to comment on some of the developments this offseason. So, John, looking at the Western Conference, which teams should Phoenix Rising be paying most attention to right now? Uh, If you're taking sort of a larger view, I think really the standout that would affect Phoenix the most is the offseasons that you've had in Colorado Springs and Sacramento. Colorado Springs, the switchbacks brought back Haji Berry, the reigning MVP of the league, and they've strengthened at basically every other position. So much of their success early in the year was founded off the partnership between Barry and Machine Galena on the wing. And Galena, of course, left on loan to LAFC and uh, with the hope that he would really kind of carve out a role in MLS, that didn't really happen. And he's suddenly back with the switchbacks. So you've essentially got two MVP level attacking players, two of the best across the entire division. Uh, coming back into focus, Cameron Lindley, a really good creator, is moving over from San Antonio. Macaulay King, one of the best right backs in the league, will be sliding in from El Paso. So Colorado Springs, I think, simultaneously is bringing in and maintaining a lot of the talent they had, while also poaching a lot of the major sides in the West and weakening them in pretty significant ways. And then Sacramento has had a very exciting offseason as well. Um, They've made some really good additions in terms of the technical side of things. But they've also strengthened the midfield in a way that's quite significant. Again, Nick Ross leaving El Paso for them, uh, bringing back in Rodrigo Lopez, who was in my team of the season personally from Rio Grande. Uh, Lopez is an interesting case in that he used to play for Sacramento in the last few seasons. Uh, Took a year hiatus to go off to Texas, but he really gives you so much in terms of his technical ability. He's a very good creator but he'll give you the defensive duty as well. And Sacramento, once again, has brought back Matt LaGrasa, who had a chance uh, with Nashville and MLS and did fine in that role, really took on a bit more of a defensive responsibility, but he'll be back and he'll be playing in that sort of number 10 slot. Uh, Sacramento also brought in Zico Lewis from Charleston, who as Western Conference audience for this show might be a little bit less familiar with, But for me, he is absolutely one of the most dynamic players that this league has. Incredibly technical on the dribble. Uh, You'll often see him sort of drift out on the wing as a starting position, but he'll cut inwards with just the most intention you're ever going to see. Really capable at generating his own shot or creating a teammates. And so this influx of talent, not only is it impressive on paper, 
but it really feels like there's a vision behind what's going on. The midfield is just so stacked. This is a team that couldn't create chances through the middle, and that's going to be the opposite of the case. They also strengthen defensively. Um, if you think about Connor Donovan coming over from Oklahoma City and Danny Vidiello from Pittsburgh, just addressing those positions of need. So that's really what the West has been for me in terms of the offseason. Yeah, John, we'll be paying extra attention to our games against Sac Republic and the Switchbacks. I noticed on our schedule that we don't play Sac until July 23rd and the Switchbacks a week later. Both of those games are away games for Phoenix Rising and maybe the most difficult away games we'll see. So take us over to the Eastern Conference. Are things as exciting, let's say, over there? Uh, the East has been a little bit less active in terms of the transfers overall. I think really one of the big themes has been poaching the bones of the Charlotte Independence. So Pittsburgh, who had for me the most talented middle of really any side in the USL last year, but lacked a lot in terms of their forward play, brought in Dane Kelly, the all-time USL leader in goals. So that's going to be a team to watch. And then Enzo Martinez, the longtime creative engine down in Charlotte, moved over to Birmingham. Now, Birmingham, I think, is lacking at the striker spot because their best uh, forward moved over to New Mexico. But if you're thinking about this Legion team, they've got so much creatively behind that. I don't think they're going to struggle for goals. Um, the other two things I did want to focus on out east are some of the coaching changes and uh, the developments in Tampa Bay and Louisville. So focusing on that latter point a bit, just its favorites getting stronger. Louisville brought in Enoch Musugalusa from Sporting Kansas City, again, just a dynamic dribbler. And then uh, Tampa Bay, although they lost Forrest Lasso, brought in Timmy Mel from Loudoun, who's very underrated as a central defender. So both of those teams to me at least are staying even from where they were last season. But then circling back to the coaching changes, uh, Charleston and Indy are really two interesting cases on that front. Indy poached Mark Lowry over from the El Paso locomotive. Um, he'll implement his really effective possession-based counter-pressure system in Indianapolis. I think they have more signings up their sleeve because they've not added much other than some of the kind of fringe pieces of the Real Monarchs, oddly enough. But uh, Lowry wouldn't have gone to that club unless they really kind of laid out the pocketbook and showed some ambition. So I think, again, they'll be improving. And the Charleston has just added very impressively. Matt Sheldon came over from Tulsa, and they've added a couple of uh, fascinating pieces from League One, which is another trend that I suspect I'll be hitting on when I, I come back on the show in the next few weeks. So I think the transactions are really where I've been focusing. And all that said, I think this still leaves Phoenix very much at the top of the pile out West, maybe in a bit of a triumvirate, but certainly uh, as competitive as anybody across this league. John, thank you so much for doing that for us. Really appreciate those insights, those highlights, and thank you as well, Phoenix Rising family, for listening to the show. If you haven't done so already, do check out episode 39, where we reflected on the upcoming schedule for 2022, and episode 36, where we did a roundup of Phoenix Rising's 2021 season. Of course, episode 35, it's probably our best one yet. That was the interview with our coach, Rick Shantz. Special thanks to Kelly McCarthy and John Morrissey for being fantastic guests. A reminder that if you know any Phoenix Rising fans who have businesses and would like to run a free ad here on the show, please let them know that we're there for them. 
We'd love to hear from you too, so send your questions, thoughts and ideas to thefanexperiencefc at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at FanExperienceFC and the invitation's always there for you to come on the show and talk rising. Until next week, stay social distanced, keep your masks on and don't be like me and suffering with COVID. But I'm still, still well enough to say, go rising. Mm-hmm.